Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Um, no real announcements this week. Uh, biggest announcement that you're going to see all over social media is Give to Give. Uh, hopefully you listened to the episode with Scratch and Win uh, and Shooter um, from last week. Uh, but it's across social media. Hopefully you can get yourself one of those uh, fancy orange shirts. Um, but as we talked about with Scratch and Win, just uh, whatever you decide to do, wherever you decide to spend your money, we are very, very supportive of just uh, be grateful men and make a difference. So jumping straight into this week's topic, and um, it is going to have a little bit of a ruck feel to it, but it's going to have a little bit of a run feel to it because it's uh, – I'm just going to tell you, sit back, listen. Got two really high-quality, high-impact men who are trying to make a difference across the nation, and so I'm going uh, to start with easy stuff first. So – Argyle, who EH'd it, how long have you been doing F3? Yeah, so I've been doing F3 for about seven years now uh, over in F3 Lexington, South Carolina. A lot of guys in F3 Lexington tried to EH me, and I always had the opinion of, oh, well, I've got my workouts. I don't really need to join some group. I don't need to get up early. I can push myself by myself. But finally a post from a guy in F3 Lexington's, excuse me, F3 Lake Murray's wife, uh, his uh, F3 name is Crash. I went to high school with his wife, and she put up a, a post on Facebook that uh, talked about F3, but not about the workouts, but how much her husband had grown uh, and how much better their relationship was because of F3. And I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to give this thing a, a shot, uh, check it out. Went out to my first post, um, had on some bright Argyle socks that I like to work out in, which is how I got my name. And uh, it's been a good seven years. Never thought. When I started, I needed F3, like I said. Definitely didn't think I needed uh, Go Ruck or, or to get into rucking, which I probably still don't. But uh, here I am seven years later uh, with a bunch of events and a bunch of good relationships and um, probably in a, a little bit better shape physically but a lot better shape mentally because of it. And I'm going to say a special Friday shout-out to Crash's wife because that is an awesome story. That's a great EH story that she's the one who uh, – uh, kicks you off the fence, I like to say it, is a lot of times uh, we, I know we have a lot of M's across the nation that kind of kind of push people, uh, push guys in the right direction or guys that they know in the right direction get involved with F3. So a special shout-out to Crash's M. And then uh, anybody else you want to shout-out from um, Lexington, South Carolina? Those are, my, those are my South Carolina guys. So anybody else you want to call out or shout-out? Yeah, I'll just shout-out to my boys at the Hollow on the west side of Lexington. Um, appreciate all you guys and all y'all done for me. Yeah, um, solid crew out there. All right, so Slalom, who EH'd how long have you been doing F3? Yeah, so I, I started um, late June 2019, so I'm still kind of a newbie in the sense of uh, that doesn't compare to seven years, but um, I was fortunate enough my 2.0 was on a Little League team with the teammates whose dad um, – already knew about F3. It had been in eastern North Carolina here for a while, and I was I was just oblivious. Uh, and I randomly asked uh, our PAC Stern um, out of a conversation I, I had heard there at the practice uh, game, uh, what is F3? Little did I know what I was getting into. But when he told me, I was like, man, that's exactly what I need. And uh, much like many of us reluctant uh, PACs, uh, 530 was a deterrent. And so Several weeks went by before I bothered to set the alarm, but I, I gave him a heads up that I was setting the alarm, and it, it was good timing because not only did he EH me, he was that day's or that gloom's 
cue. And, uh, and, and it was a good one. It was a doozy. Uh, I knew I needed it. And like uh, Argyle just said, um, physically, yes, but mentally, who knew uh, how much um, it offers and how much you, you're unaware of, of the uh, intangibles that F3 offers. Yeah, let me get his uh, name again. Yeah, and I need to say more about Stern. I'm, I'm one of just many uh, that uh, he's headlocked. He, he's a tremendous asset, um, and, and that's recognized throughout our region because he's currently our we- weasel shaker, but he's also co-founder and co-owner of um, Pirate Radio, so all fire, Pirate fans that might be listening um, we would know him as Troy D. and Ellerby. He's that Ellerby dynamic duo, and uh, and not only is he just a all-around great guy, he's um, – leveraged that tool of his with, with the radio airways and podcasts and, and all the social media networks or outlets that they have to uh, spread the word about F3. So, you know, people get commercial breaks about what is F3. They get to hear about CSOPs that F3 might be uh, participating in or, or hosting. And so uh, Stern has, has done a lot as an individual as well as a, um, a promoter uh, beyond just word of mouth uh, like most of us can do. He, uh, he, he yeah. shares widely. Yeah, and I'm going to say a special shout-out, uh, Friday shout-out. That's when, when I heard Stern, I was like, ah, that's Pirate Radio. So a special roundtable shout-out to Pirate Radio. Uh, we're going to say they're not our competition. We are definitely brothers in arms trying to make uh, the F3 Nation a better place. And so uh, anybody else, uh, Ian, so you, got, you want to shout-out? I, uh, I kind of stepped on you there. I was so excited that it was actually you're talking about Stern. That he's got aged you. Uh, anybody else you want to shout-out? Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up later, but, you know, I was a part of a team of 12. Uh, I'd love to shout out to each of them um, that maybe you, you recognize in the, the format to come that there'll be an opportunity for that. But, but there was 11 great guys that um, I'm here representing them, not just um, myself or, or um, you know, the, the 11 that our guy was a part of. I, I think what the 23 of us have done, we certainly uh, are here to suggest that it, it should be many more because it was that kind of a fuller experience. But I'd love to give a shout out to the whole team. Uh, Absolutely. See, so I think your silence is permission, but we had uh, Corncrete, we had Showboat, we had Harvard, we had Patch, Stabler, Fertile, Silverado, Softshell, Newfie, Underdog, and a special asterisk here on Underdog. He's he's ran it twice, and now he's rucked it once as of 2021, and then rerouting myself. Awesome. And that's going to be a solid Friday knuckle bump uh, for each one of those guys. So, <clears throat> all right. So now I'm, I feel like we've got everything out of the way, and now I'm going to start actually the real podcast. So if you're a listener and you're trying to figure out what we're talking about, uh, I'm just going to kind of like set the table here, and then we're going to turn it over to these guys, and they're going to give us the details. So uh, F3 Nation has always been involved with BRR, Palmetto uh, 200. We've always done these kind of relay races, and this is kind of as f 3 spread across the country and now across the world, we basically take over these races. We just show up and we, uh, you know, every single van is, a, is an F3 van, or uh, <laughs> if they're not completely an F3 van, it's half F3 guys and their wives are doing it, right? And so we just kind of take over these relay races um, and dominate. So what these guys did is they, um, you know, I keep talking about this next level of brotherhood. These guys said, well, you know, it's stupid to run one of these races. Let's ruck it. And so what they did 
is basically they formed a, they formed 12 man teams. But one of the things I, I'm going to just kind of steal a little bit of the thunder. What they always did is they always had two guys on the course. And so basically if you were on a 12 man team, you got, um, you were basically doing a six man run team mileage. Um, but it was basically creating this battle buddy system where these guys were doing all this mileage and all this work together. And so I, when I talk about this next level of brotherhood, it's also about going outside the norm, being a confident man, making a difference. You don't always have to play by the rules of society, which, and basically I'm calling that the rules of a, of a race here, but um, just a really cool, and I wanted to share with the listeners kind of, this is just part of it is as we get more, more and more guys involved with F3, it's okay to be a little bit different. It's okay to do something different. Um, but this is just a really cool way. So I think I'm going to hand it over to – why don't I hand it to Argyle? And why don't you kind of just give us the what of how this all evolved and kind of set it for the listeners so they can uh, kind of have a better understanding of what you guys did. Sure thing. Thanks. Um, yeah, this all kind of started in 2018, if I remember right. Um, my years are kind of running together at this point. But um, there was a group from Simpsonville – that rucked the um, P200, the Palmetto 200, that runs from just outside of Columbia, South Carolina, in Santee, to just outside of Charleston uh, in Mount Pleasant. Uh, we've always had a good presence uh, running those groups, but uh, a couple of a uh, uh, couple of a group, like I said, from Simpsonville, decided to ruck it. Uh, so they started a day early, uh, and they 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 rucked the course. And uh, I, I I sat there and I was like, wow, that's really cool. That'd be a lot of fun because I've always been jealous as a uh, uh, religious non-runner of the the relay teams and the stories that I hear and the relationships that are built just through that endurance event uh, and bonding with those brothers in the vans and on the course. And so I've always been jealous of that. And I said, well, all right, this group rucked the P200. That's cool, but how can we do it better? Uh, you only get the chance to say you did it the first time once. So uh, the P200s in the spring – the BRRs in the fall, and uh, I've always heard from all of my uh, running brothers that the BRR is the, the end-all, be-all, the one you want to do if you only do one. So I said, all right, let's put out something crazy, and uh, let's let's rug the BRR. So I texted some of my rug buddies in F3 Lexington. We started talking about it. Some guys, you know, immediately were like, hard pass. Some guys were like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so we had a small group. We started recruiting. Uh, we had guys that it was for the longest time we didn't think we were going to have enough to make it. We finally got about six solid guys, and we thought we could recruit six more. And we went ahead and took the step and signed up because signups for BRR go pretty quickly. So we worked with uh, Ken, the race director. We told him what we wanted to do, what our vision was, because the last thing we wanted to do was mess up a race uh, or ruin the name of a race by doing something that uh, reflected negatively on that. So we worked with him. He was open to the idea. Um, we worked out some of the details, and we started even more actively recruiting. We recruited guys that had just joined F3 that had hardly even rugged before uh, and got started working with them to get them ready, get them prepared for the race. Uh, I think we even threw it out on the podcast as a shout-out um, and tried to get some guys, and we ended up getting some guys from across the state. Uh, we reached out, actually, to the original P200 ruck team, and they all hard-passed and thought we were crazy. So once we kind of were formulating our team, uh, we had 12 guys signed up, and we just really focused on training. We rucked so much that summer that uh, I was so tired of rucking. I was just so ready for that week to be here so I could rest and then get in the van and go. And um, 
we actually had a guy drop the week of that was uh, so, to, so we, we had to shift partners around, and I ended up having to ruck some of it by myself, uh, and some of it got shared with some of the other guys. Um, I'm sure we can talk about that more later, but you know, we had this vision and we we were training for it, and as we got ready, you know, word kind of started getting out. Hey, there's going to be this rug team, and uh, a lot of people, you know, in the running world don't have a clue what rucking was, but we had ultra marathoners that told us, "Y'all are crazy. There's no way you're going to be able to do that. Uh, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up that amount of miles with that amount of hills and elevation changes, and uh, keep up." keep up that pace. You know, we set a hard goal of 15 miles, uh, excuse me, 15 minute miles. And, um, we wanted to keep a hard pace because we wanted to keep up. We didn't want to get there at eight o'clock Sunday night, dragging across the race uh, line by ourselves. If we had to, we would have, but we wanted to, uh, exceed the standard. And so, um, that's kind of how the vision came about. And, uh, as we did it, 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 a lot of times it became a, okay, let's see who we can prove wrong. Sometimes the doubters are easier to prove than those who are behind us. But luckily we had a lot of F3 Lexington guys that were behind us, a lot of F3 guys across the, the nation that were behind us and were cheering us on the whole way down the hill. I'm going to let you – I'm going to jump in there and take a bre- let you take a breath. Uh, obviously, you're still fired up, and I love it. I mean, I, I think it's great. So, um, Solomon, anything you want to you add in there? Because I, I feel like uh, – I think the listeners understand why, what we're talking about now, but I'm sure that you probably have a few uh, details you want to toss on the top there. Yeah, I mean, I can just build on that. Um, you know, they were the first, and thankful for them, uh, and Argyle particularly. Uh, he was uh, accessible and, and available for, a, a, you know, I, want, I wouldn't call it excessive, I don't think, but, you know, I'd periodically hit him up, and he was available for Q&A. We, we immediately um, – got the notion it had been tossed around a couple other times but with lackluster response so the teams never um, availed themselves but this time um, as far as this time last year maybe a month or so uh, ago last year um, the results from the 2020 year were coming in and um, and out of that you know came about this 200 response thread on slack where you know, it was kudos for all the runners. Uh, F3E and C has had a number of teams, and those teams have grown uh, year after year. Um, you know, it goes back to Coop Strong starting uh, six years ago, and each year there's been more teams from our region, and, and it, it's certainly a, a community within a community, if you will, as far as those runners go. And um, out of that, somehow the notion came about, well, we could ruck it. And I joked around, like, is there a patch? And uh, lo and behold, there's not a BRR patch, but there is an F3 BRR patch. And so my foot was in my mouth going, I'd do it if there's a patch. And lo and behold, I, I learned there was a patch. But, um, you know, out of that was the joke that, that evolved into the serious consideration. Um, I, you know, to give timeline there, I didn't start like I shared until middle 2019. So uh, I didn't discover rucking until about six months later and got a rucksack there as a Christmas gift. But um, but that's a year after, a year and a half after, you know, Argyle's team did it in 2018. And so I don't know why there wasn't an immediate response or ripple effect um, following their year in 2018. I, I did learn from Ken, the race director for BRR, that there was a team in 2019 that did an, an abbreviated version. They started at Grandfather Mountain to the finish. I don't know what time of day they started to do those balance of miles, but, you know, I'm kind of a, 
holistic kind of guy. If you tell me the race starts here, I want to start there. And uh, much like Argyle shared, we, we definitely wanted to arrive before all the fanfare and festivities there at the, um, at the uh, brewery where it ends, uh, Highlands Brewery. We wanted to be there uh, well before the 6 p.m. cutoff for, you know, the, the organized time frame of, of the relay. And, um, and so, you know, I think the 200 reply engagement on Slack on, on the very idea it is a testimony to um, what it can do within, uh, you know, an F3 region. Uh, I, think, I think out of that it was an overwhelming amount of support, like many of the runners were saying you should. Uh, but there, even at that time of knowing a team out of uh, Lexington, South Carolina, had done it, um, there was still the suggestion that you shouldn't. And and I think where they were coming from is is fair and reasonable. You know, after asking more questions and wanting to know, like, man, if you can run it, why can't I walk it? And um, and I just had to keep challenging the, the the naysayers. And you know, their their premise primarily centered around safety. Um, you don't start yeah. at the same time. And uh, if you've been out in that region of Western North Carolina, um, there are no shoulders like you might be familiar with within your local region or, or home. You know? um, so to that end, uh, even with Knox gear, uh, reflective gear, even with the race signage on Friday, I think even for the runners, the same consideration regarding safety is applicable. Um, so I think that too is a benefit to the, the rucking dynamic of, of having a battle buddy. Uh, you've got two sets of eyes. You've got two sets of ears. You've got each other's back. And and so the safety measures may be a little bit better, even though you're out there ahead of the, the official start of the relay. Um, as far as you don't have the volunteers at the exchange zones, you don't have um, – you don't don your bibs until the relay itself uh, is, is officially underway. And so uh, it's understood with Ken – uh, as far as when you register, you know, what your, or at least it should be, if you want to register to Rocket, I advise you reach out to Ken and acknowledge your, your intent. You'll be very receptive. Uh, you'll have a um, uh, very direct conversation on what are his considerations. Um, I did reach out to him in the sense of, hey, I'm going to go on a podcast with F3 and, and hopefully touch as many ears that may intrigue a response factor for, for more people to take up this challenge. Um, you know, I wanted to give him a heads up. And so he's got some he, – he's all about supporting uh, everyone's interest. Um, you know, aside from the running relay teams and aside from the two years of a rucking team or two and a half, if you count the, the 2019 group, um, there, there's one guy in the record books who did the whole thing solo. And evidently I learned through talking with Ken this week that he's been um, approached with another guy who wants to do it solo. And so to do it solo, your pace is going to be um, kind of comparable to a rucking pace in the sense that you're not going to run it like you would your individual legs if you're on a team. You just you have to have a, a, a higher endurance uh, pace. And so to that end, uh, the solo runners have gone outside the, the official relay window. Um, so Ken's there to be reached out to and, and to support your interest. However, you want to engage actively against or into you know within the the confines of the relay. For him, it's considerations with uh, permits and the parkway and volunteers and private properties. So he needs to have those conversations. But the good thing about this is he's got a, 
uh, a year's advance notice that there might be more than one team. I, I will say that the Rucker fellows, that's, that was our team name this year, we've got 11 of the 12 HC'd already for 2022. So I gave Ken the courtesy of uh, we want to do it again, and we're not going to be surprised if there's others that want to do it with us. So part of that was reaching out to him to say, are, are you going to be able to support us, not, not the one-off team, but um, us as Rutgers? And I think he's open to that. He's just got to deal with some of the logistics that um, come along with that consideration. And, and if, if they can't be approved through permits, you know, he'll do what he can to accommodate like he has with, with Argyle teams and, and uh, F3ENC teams this year. All right. Okay, I'm going to let you take a breath. All right, you take a breath, and I've, got, uh, I've been sitting here scribbling questions down. So Argyle, I got a – there's a bunch of crazy runners that are probably listening to this point of the podcast going, did they hit their 15-minute goal that first year? And Argyle is going to give us the yes or the no. Give us the details. I, I believe we did, you know. Uh, slalom, and I talked about that at one point, and then uh, I can't remember the details off the top of my head, but I want to say we started about 10 o'clock the morning before the race actually kicked off. And we finished, um, I think, at like 1 o'clock on that Saturday afternoon. I know my pace, uh, and thankfully I had the last leg, which if you've run the last leg of the BRR, it's about 100 feet up in elevation and then about six miles of a 1,000-foot drop in elevation. Uh, I was able to – I know I was – we had a couple guys that were um, some of the faster ruckers, not some of the speedsters, uh, across all of every nation, but faster for our team that could maintain uh, a well under a, a 15 that kind of balanced out some of our guys that um, were a little bit newer into rucking and, and were a little bit uh, – had some more challenging hills. But, um, yeah, the best part was, like I said, that last leg, once I got to the top of that little mountain, I started coming down. <laughs> the weight, the weight, 30 pounds the weight in your back. you down, huh? Yeah, yeah I got started at one point. I was like, please, God, don't let me fall because I can't stop. <laughs> and I think I finished that one around 13-minute awesome. miles. Um, oh, that's great. You know, had a lot of adrenaline fin- flowing through me at that point, too. But we were able to maintain that, if I, if I remember right. Yeah, and awesome. I can affirm that. Uh, Ken has it in the record books. You, I want to say you were 1443 or 1441, but you were definitely sub-15. And you shared with me that last leg in one of the – one of the DMs when I reached out to you on Twitter, and uh, I want to say you were sub 13 on, on leg 36. So and kudos, you're being humble, but you, your your team de- did definitely do it. Awesome. Now, yeah, you guys kind of covered over. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I stepped on you there. No, you're good. Go ahead. I, my next question was about safety, and so you, you guys kind of covered it, but this leads back to my the whole, as I was setting the table with the premise of the battle buddy and everything else, how, I, I've never been on course. Um, Dark Helm and I got off course a little bit at uh, one of these things, of, uh, and the course started closing down, but I've never been on a course before it even opened. So how, can you just give us like a, somebody give us, I don't know if that's Lollum or Argyle, can you give me a snippet of what that feels like starting half a day prior to the race or 24 hours before the race starts? Can you give us that? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, for me, it's 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 compliments to Ken, the race director. I, I think the uh, website is very comprehensive. Um, the the extent that he does with the maps um, are, are are just a blessing in the sense 
to your question, uh, you know, there might be a degree of um, perception that's slightly off as far as when you're looking at the elevation chart. Uh, you're thinking at a half mile, this hill should end, and it might end in 0.8. And the difference of three-tenths more mile uphill um, really, you know, might hit your psyche with, uh, what am I doing out here? Uh, but, to, but as far as directions go, uh, those maps are spot on. Um, you know, having hard copies of them, let alone whatever um, apps you may use to save maps on your phone uh, to have the digital versions. Uh, I'll just I'll give credit to that. And, you know, some of that, too, is just the conversations you have with the runners and then conversations I had with, with um, uh, Argyle. Uh, teams do get lost. And, you know, there's rules to that and the effect of the relay itself. Um, every team's going to handle that um, their own way. But I think, I think for us, you know, you, you're told how good a movie is and it might not meet your expectations. For us, it seemed as every team had a, a story of you're going to get lost. And so the presumption was we would too. Um, but, you know, maybe we, we did our homework because uh, we didn't get lost. And, and I, give, um, I give all props to the maps that were available as well as readiness by the team. All right, and my last question, yeah, I was gonna, just going to confirm. Oh, go ahead, and then I'll do last question. Yeah, I'll ask that, that, you know, they don't put out the um, posters of where to turn until uh, as the race starts, and so until that, that guy caught us, we were just running on maps. So it, it was definitely a challenge for our team of finding our directions uh, in the middle of the night on a mountain road that didn't have cell service. Um, but like Slalom said, our, our maps were, were clutch, we did get lost, and the reason they don't put the, the signs out early is because there, there are people um, that live on the course that actively try to distract the runners and ruckers. Uh, we had a guy you know, tell us to go one way, knowing full well the end of the uh, leg was about half a mile the other way. And so um, there's, there's a good bit of that, and so there is some gamesmanship, and you've got to just know where you are and what your next turn is so you can keep yourself straight. But, yeah, the, the Battle Buddies helped a lot for that safety piece. Um, I remember I was running leg 30, and uh, it was the middle of the night, and leg 30 is one of the big changeover spots for the 12-man teams. It's also where they feed you breakfast. And uh, so there's a bunch of F3 vans going by me, and I got out in front of my Battle Buddy because he was having to pick up a leg to stay with me, and I got bust out by one of my other brothers because I finished by myself. And uh, he, I deserved it. Um, but, you know, my battle buddy wasn't too far behind me. Roger that. Um, my next question is, and, I, and Argyle, I'll just let you, uh, did everybody wear, so everybody had 30 pounds on? Everybody wore a, a full plate for this? So, so the way we did it was the rucker, whoever the designated rucker for that group was, was required to wear the 30 pounds. Their battle buddy was not required, but most did. Um, like I Got said it. earlier, my battle buddy dropped out um, because of an injury, and so I, I rucked all six of my legs, and most of the guys did cause, uh, just for training purposes as well. Copy that. All right. I guess we're going to open this up now and let you guys both give some commentary on a little bit of the why, some of the color commentary. Um Argyle, why don't you go first? Because I'm sure the listeners are like, this sounds crazy. So we found something crazy to do, and then we figured out how to make it even crazier. So why don't you share a little color commentary, any um, words of wisdom for the past? 
Sure. So, yeah, so like I said earlier, I always wanted to be part of one of the relay teams, um, but I've never really been able to uh, physically prepare myself as a runner. Uh, Rucking's always been an outlet for me since I found it uh, after joining F3. And, uh, you know, doing Go Ruck events, the brotherhood that you, you gain from that, uh, whether that be a basic, a tough, a light, or even a, a HTB or HTL, whatever you call them, um, that sense of brotherhood that you build and relationships you build through those CSOPs really, you know, is what defines the brotherhood of F3 and forms that, that brotherhood. So wanted to be a part of that. I uh, wanted to be able to, you know, have a have a pound on my chest a little bit and say, you know, I was part of a team that was able to do it uh, when, when everyone said we couldn't uh, kind of be the trailblazers and, uh, you know, not be the ones that were worried about, hey, are we going to be the fastest? Can we set a record? But uh, our record was being first. And uh, that's one thing I told Slalom was, y'all go out and, and, and whip our tails. We don't care about, you know, having the, the fastest time. But y'all go out and do it and uh, keep building on it. And so that, that why was just be able to, to um, enjoy that brotherhood, enjoy that relationship and bonding time, and uh, be able to look back on it and be thankful that there's guys like Slalom and his team that want to follow afterwards and see if they can do it too. Uh, so that, that gives us a lot of sense of pride and a lot of sense of being able to help the next guy be a little bit better than us. Amen on that, brother. Uh, slalom, kind of the same question. Any words of wisdom for the pack? A little bit of your why? Take us, uh, what, what do you want to share? Yep. So, you know, um, the runners love this relay. And I joined mid-year. Uh, it was coming into the fall, which is when this, this comes about. Um, so I'm doing boot camps a couple of days a week, and that's growing. Um, uh, but I could tell there was something else going on, and it seemed to be within those runners um, I, I, I do do some of the running AOs, but I don't consider myself, um, uh, you know, quote unquote runner. Um, my knee is that legacy as far as cross country years in high school. And so I've always had a, a little bit of, um, cautionary attempts at, at approaching a running, but rucking, I discovered, um, you know, some comparable calorie burns and, and, um, and physicality, if you will, to, to you know, running that didn't have that load on the knees, and so I've I'm, I've been a mileage guy when it comes to rucking, and and this was right up that avenue. You know, I, I haven't done a star course, um, but but this seemed to be that cease up uh, star course type uh, ruck opportunity. Having uh, realized another team did it, you know, they were a, a readily available resource. Thanks, Argo, uh, for all the Q's and A's that may come about because this seems to be a year long conversation amongst the runners, and I think. That testimony, there's there's a fellowship there that they already knew about, um, but for the Rutgers, it, it's even more so because you you're out there that extra night, you're out there uh, on each leg, not not uh, by yourself as a runner, but you know out there with your battle buddy. And so, you know that for for one pair on our team, they're they're already in a shield lock, so it only solidified that more so for them. Um, one of the guys that came back, um, it, it wasn't his battle buddy out on the relay, but it was one of his battle buddies in the van. They, they've started a shield lock. Uh, so the, the F2 experience out of the relay, the runners already knew about it, but I think the, the ruckers fully appreciate it equally as much and, uh, and not only uh, get the full experience if they do the 36 leg option like, like a 2018 team did and, and then F3 and C Rockefellers did, um, they, they, they get that extra day and night um, to enjoy it all. Um, you know, the one thing we didn't do, um, 
was get enough pitchers. Uh, I think that's just because we were in the moment. Uh, you know, I, I definitely um, – that's my – one of, one of the few lessons learned, you know, packing is something that you, you learn after you get some experience. Um, but for me, it's going to remember to, to leverage the cameras uh, for, the, for the photos. Um, but the biggest thing for the team captain, uh, it was more of an administrative role. Stabler was, was our uh, recruiter in chief, and he did a fantastic guy job. He got guys, um, we were about 9, 10 strong immediately. And then we just filled out the team. He even went so far as to have alternates in the queue because um, there were folks who wanted to do it. But, you know, that far out, they weren't sure what their schedule at work with their uh, employment would, would be like. So they were more tentative. Um, but but the, the biggest testimony, a lot of the guys were giving me more credit than I felt like I deserved as a team captain um, because I felt like we were a team full of co-captains. But it was even before the relay was said and done, we were out there in the exchange rooms with one another. And it was kind of happenstance at first when I first noticed it, uh, but then it kept uh, coming about at different times of, of you know, the, the F2 experience. But um, it, it just it, it made the smile grow as far as uh, receiving the inadvertent or the indirect compliment was hearing the guy say the next time we do this. And, I, you know, for, for many it might just be a bucket checklist, um, you know, check mark on the bucket list, but um, – there's a lot of runners that want to do each leg, and so they're in there for whatever size team they're on, six-man, nine-man. They're, they're in there for the long road of that, that many years to do each set of legs. Within our own team, there's, there's, there's guys that want to do all 209 miles, uh, and they want to experience each set of legs that would be the offerings within that rotation uh, of six legs, a team on you know, a battle buddy ruck 12-man team. So – for me, that was the biggest compliment if I was to accept any was just hearing them that they were not only glad they did it this year, but they were enjoying it so much they want to do it more. Uh, and I think the biggest takeaway when I talked with the team about, hey, I'm going to be on this roundtable podcast trying to give it away so that other um, ruckers – and, you know, ruckers, this could be the prequel. You ruck it one year and you decide, I can run this thing. Or it could be the, the uh, sequel. You run it and now you want to kind of – fade into the sunset, but you don't want to miss out on the relay, uh, you know, ruck it instead of run it after you've run it. How many every years and your body's telling you to, hey, have a different consideration of whether you do or don't do it. You, you know, you may find yourself as, as it's a, um, a way to end it or a way to start it. Um, but all of them, yeah. all on the team said they want people to know it's doable. Uh, so whether you choose to run the relay or ruck the relay, instead of getting supporters or naysayers, just you know, decide for yourself if you want to do it and recognize two teams have done it and you can too. Yeah, and I, um, I'm also going to say if you're a land nav guy, that first day or so before they put the signs out, well, probably the entire event, but the first couple days before they put the signs out, you'll get all the land nav in the dark, no cell coverage that you've ever wanted. That'll be good training for somebody um, or for everybody, however you want to look at it. You guys got me fired up. So uh, we're kind of on top of our time, but let's, let's do a couple things before we uh, close out today. Uh, let's make sure we get you guys' contact information. If you guys want to share a Twitter handle or, um, you know, an email address, whatever you want to share. But the other thing, maybe you want to leave the packs with just some words. Yeah, of wisdom. so I, uh, my Yeah, you're uh, our guy. You want to go first, got any words of wisdom, anything else you want to share, and then also get your contact information out? Yeah, sorry, c I didn't mean to dump on you. 
You start no, getting to jump on you. Yeah. Uh, my name, uh, like, like I said, is Argyle. My Twitter handle is uh, at Danny Higg, uh, H-I-G-G. Um, yeah, and uh, it really just, you know, with, with all CSOPs, that's really what ties F3 together. So if you don't think you can do one or you don't think you or you, you know you can, sign up for one, join up for one, train with your brothers, and, and go do it because that's where the memories are made and the really that second F is formed. Amen, brother. Same thing, uh, Slalom. What do you got? Yeah. Um, registration for BRR 2022 opens up December 6th. It was this time last year that uh, Stabler and I got together, and um, and then New Year's Day, he claims that uh, when, when asked what your goals are for this coming year, I said, I'm going to ruck the BRR and got some chuckles out of the crowd, you know, the circle of trust that day for the for the um, convergence. Um, but it kind of fueled his fire to – to solidify that, you know, that start to the team and, and make a team. So registration opens up in December, and, uh, you know, the, the fellowship isn't just during the relay weekend. It, it's the planning. It's the, you know, getting physically prepared for it. And, and it starts now if you want to – if you think you want to do it after listening to Argyle and I and C-SPAN here to, on this podcast, well, then you f- find that battle buddy, and the two of you go find another battle buddy, and it's going to lead to a team and you've, you've got months ahead to prepare. If, unless you live in that region or a region that has uh, mountains, um, you're going to end up using muscles that maybe you're not getting, like in our area where we have basically flatlands. Um, so it, it's a seesaw that's going to uh, challenge you in, in ways uh, that you want to be challenged if you like to run or ruck. And, um, but, but that fellowship experience um, can start as early as December if you're forming a team and then preparing as a team. And and then doing that effort as a team, it, it certainly doesn't it doesn't fall on any one of the team members to to be a team captain to do the recruitment. Uh, you know, if you share that effort, you know, like like people know in a grow ruck, um, it it's easier together or you're stronger together. And, and let me wrap up all that about rucking the BRR um, with the words of grow ruck uh, in March. Uh, grow ruck. 26 will be here in the Eastern Fleet region, and I'd be remiss if I didn't tell everyone who's listening and, and a rucker um, to make sure you sign up for that. And, brother, I'm going to tell you, well said, And but let's get your uh, – you got any contact information, anything you want to share? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Um, my handle is at uh, – it, it looks like it reads set or rip, but it's basically pirates spelled backwards. So uh, at set or rip three. Um, that's my household. You got me, my M, my 2.0. So we're three pirates. Just spell that backwards and you'll find me on Twitter. Uh, I reached out to Argyle. You know, I found the picture of the 2018 team um, when they were photoed there at the finish with the banner uh, and simply hit them up and DMs with questions. Uh, if you've got questions after hearing this podcast, uh, let me fill his shoes and, and hopefully be able to provide some answers that at least you, uh, connect you to uh, enjoying the challenge. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, you guys got me fired up. It sounds like a crazy, crazy idea. Sounds like a terrible idea, and uh, I hope everybody says, what, what day do we start or how do we sign up? So um, appreciate you both being a guest on the roundtable. And for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. See you.